Looking for new threads? Well, we've got you covered at the Music Is Live podcast official merch store over at tpublic.com. Whether it's t-shirts, baseball tees, hoodies, coffee mugs, travel mugs, phone cases, or onesies for your infant rockers and metalheads, you can find everything you're looking for over at the Music Is Live podcast merch store at tpublic. Go to my link tree at l-i-n-k-a-t-r dot e-e forward slash Music Is Live podcast and get your merch today. Buy my stuff and thanks for your support. TerraNut is proud to offer you a natural nut bar chock full of healthy fats, minerals, and protein that meet your demands. Go to their website, www.terranut.com. You can order from them directly, and they will ship it to you. Use my coupon code, LUMAVS, and you will get a 25% discount on your first order. TerraNut Superfood Snacks, www.terranut.com. Don't forget to use coupon code, LUMAVS, at checkout. Fuel your life. You're listening to the Music Is Life podcast with your host, Lou Mabs, on the Rat Sound Review Network. What's going on, everybody? This is Lou Mabs. You're listening to the Music Is Live podcast. Uh, first of all, I apologize that I haven't really been releasing content on a weekly basis, which is normally as much as I'd like to. Unfortunately, life does get in the way, but I do try to be consistent at least with whatever it is I'm putting out there. So, you know, um, when I'm finding time to actually release content, which at this point is whenever I'm on my lunch break or uh, if I'm not driving Uber and I'm just waiting around for uh, someone to, uh, you know, ping me or whatever, or if I'm not around my daughter, because, uh, you know, whenever she cries, daddy's got to run to her, so, you know, I'm finding some time right now to actually release this podcast, and let's see, anything going on in my life at the moment, well, happy to say that Hard Drive is finally playing a show in Mineola, we're playing Murphy's. This Friday, May 17th, uh, check www.harddriveband.com uh, for information and for any future dates that you may want to come down to. So that's the biggest thing that's going on. Also, my wife just celebrated her first Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to my beautiful wife, Erin Michelle. And of course, to my mother, my mother-in-law and all the uh, mothers out there. And also the dudes that are that act as mothers too. Hey, good, good for you. Anyways, so you know, I was trying to look through the um, through the interwebs to find about any content that I could possibly talk about, or if anything was coming to mind that I could possibly bring forth on this podcast. Well, there was uh, something that did come up. And it was an article that had a quote from Steve Lukather of the band Toto. You know, the guys that wrote uh, Africa and Rosanna and Hold the Line, you know. And Steve Lukather is one of the most sought-after studio musicians of, of all time. Actually, that's how Toto started, was that they were a band of studio musicians. They're like, hey... 
you know, we're getting paid a set fee to record these songs for people, but we're not collecting like any residuals. So why don't we go forth and do something? So that's how Toto started. You know, that, I mean, basically it was a necessity to say, hey, let's write and record some material, put it out there and we could capitalize on it and we could tour and we could do everything on our, our own term, which is something that I say that most musicians should do is just do things on their own terms, which, you know, a lot of them are afraid uh, to do that because of the fear of failure. But anyways, obviously Toto was proven to be a success at it and good for them. And Steve Lukather in his article brought a lot of things to my attention that I really wasn't aware of. So, as we recall 19 years ago, something came that completely changed up the music industry. And that thing was called Napster. And what Napster did was it gave the power to the consumer to download for free the music that they wanted without any royalties or any fee going to the artists or the writers of the material or the producers, um, basically taking money out of their pocket. Everyone wants to say, oh, just another way that Metallica could get richer. Okay, you know what? I, I've kept it clean pretty much this entire podcast but this is something I'm really passionate about because I believe in the value of one's artistic creativity and that they should be able to capitalize on their talent. So I'm going to flat out say right now, the gloves are fucking off for this episode. Metallica wasn't screaming bloody fucking murder towards Napster because they were greedy, you stupid idiots. Metallica went against Napster because of the reasons that we're seeing today. People are not buying physical content anymore. CDs are gone. The only kind of vinyl that sells anymore are the 180-gram reissues of classic albums that people want to buy just so they could have in their collection. Cassettes are dead. Eight tracks are dead. The only kind of music anyone buys is digital. And guess what? The artists are getting fucked six ways till Sunday on it because they're not... It's not... It doesn't work out in their favor. Let me give you guys a little bit of a history lesson. Van Halen, who is one of my all-time favorite groups, when they first signed to Warner Brothers in 1978, they signed what was called a Motown deal. What a Motown deal basically is, was this. It was for every 90 cents to the dollar. Okay, so... 90 cents to the dollar. So let's say 90 cents is 100% of what of, of the money that an album makes for a label. Van Halen only got one point of a percentage on that record deal, which means they didn't get 1% of... Uh, of a dollar 
They got 1% of 90 cents. They, their first two albums, they were screwed. And if you want to read about the history of Van Halen and how they went from being, from, from owing the label $10 million for a platinum record that they had in 1978, how they went from that to actually being one of the more lucrative financial successes of the 1980s, read a book called Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, and he'll explain everything in there. Hell, you can even listen to the thing on YouTube. It's an 11-hour book on tape that you can listen to it on there. I highly recommend it. I think it's great. Anyways, so that's the deal that Van Halen signed back then. Now, when it got to a point where a band, you know, would sign a deal, they, you know, they'd sign their record deal, Back in the day, labels would nurture you. Labels would help you grow. Labels would, you know, they would invest in you. And granted, although you had to return the investment, um, and, and that's why bands toured as much as they did and they released albums as much as they did because the albums funded the tours. Think about it. An, an, an album costs $10. A concert ticket back then only cost 8 you know, you you toured to promote the album. People cared more about the album sales back then. Nowadays, it's the complete opposite. You could buy uh, a, a digital album on iTunes for nine ninety nine, but how much are the concert tickets? Nosebleed seats are one hundred fifty fucking dollars. This is forty years ago compared to today, and the problem is. People don't go out to concerts as much as they used to, and they're not out supporting new talent where it only costs you 10 bucks to get in. Hell, you might hear someone new that you might find exciting that you want to support, but no, you'd rather save the $200 a ticket to see your favorite band that you've probably seen a hundred times since they first came out in 1945. <sighs> And this is why new music suffers. This is why I completely get why new artists, good artists, don't want to put forth the effort to release their stuff. Because it's, and I'm not going to blame society. I'm not going to blame, you know, um, I don't want to blame anyone. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's the way the world has become. People want instant gratification. People want um, to enjoy everything for free, you know? And it's hard when, you know, like, like me, I'm a Black Sabbath fan. And there, there was a, there's a period of Sabbath albums that have completely been erased from, uh, from, from, from their library. And that's the Tony Martin era. I grew up on the Tony Martin era. I thought Headless Cross was one of Black Sabbath's best albums. You know, one of the reasons why I love that album so much, Brian May cuts a sick lead guitar solo on the song When Death Calls on it, which I think is one of the best solos ever recorded, let alone one of the best Sabbath songs ever recorded. And by the way, Ozzy doesn't make it Black Sabbath. It's Tony Iommi. Deal with it. For all the people out there that go, well, Ozzy wasn't on it. And as much as I love the man, you know, Ronnie James Dio, look, Iomi made Sabbath. Iomi kept the Sabbath name alive. 
All right, and and to me, if Iomi's not on it, it's not Sabbath. Fuck who's singing lead. Okay, they could have had Tiny Tim singing tip, Tiptoe Through the Tulips on it. And if Tony Iommi was playing guitar on it, it's Black Fucking Sabbath to me. Okay, just laying that out there. Anyway, so back to what I was saying. So the so Steve Lukather was basically saying that the industry, the way it's changed so drastically, the way there's so fewer record labels out there, that there's less artists of quality out there and more quantity to see what kind of they could throw at a wall and see what sticks. Um, it's it's I don't want to say that it's killed creativity. I don't want to say that it's killed quality music, but unfortunately, it's it, it makes it, it it makes it harder for people who play their instrument well, who write good songs, who want to grow as a musician, it makes it harder for them to want to go out and, you know, and put their stuff out forth because the question that they'll always ask themselves, the question that they will always ask themselves is, who's going to listen? Which is unfortunate because I always tell people on my podcast that if you have any kind of art, that is of value to you and you want to share it to the world, just put it out there. The money will come. And I still stand by that. I still stand by that. Because the way I look at it, and I don't want to use any cliches, you know, I mean, I want to say cream rises to the top, but I don't want to say it. So if you're listening, you understand where I'm coming from from this. You know, the quality artists will still be there long after the flavor of the month is gone. You know, uh, one thing that uh, Jake Cab Morris from Yakuza Kick Radio and I both have a uh, love and uh, one of the things that we both love is uh, 90s hip-hop. To me, 90s hip-hop had some great creative artists that came out of it. You know, rest in peace, Tupac. And Biggie, of course, but, you know, I, I like Tupac. Not to mention he had, you know, really hot girls in his video. I was 15. Give me a break. Anyways, um, the um, point I'm trying to make was, uh, you know, when I when I listen to hip hop today and I compare it to what it was like when I was younger and I'm not trying to pull some, you know, Grandpa Simpson, old man yelling at the clouds type thing over here. I'm just being honest. I'm speaking my truths. The shit out there fucking sucks nowadays. It really does. Somebody posted a video on Facebook that wound its way on 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 my feed, and I'm listening to this guy, and he's freestyling. He's freestyling, but like, he's not making any coherent sentences. He's, I, I'm listening to it and I'm like, what the hell did I just watch for the last four minutes? What's with those stupid sound effects that he's making? You think if Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, if they came out with The Chronic, if they tried to pull that shit back then, you think The Chronic would be heralded as much as it is today? If, if, if they were doing the crap that this guy was doing? I, if I can find a link for it, I'll post it on my uh, Facebook page so you guys can look at it. But I was like, this is what people like now? And for all of you idiots out there that find 
quality and shit, well, either you're the most kindest individual in the world or you're a real fucking idiot. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Like, what could have happened to, to, to make you not want quality out of, out of your artists, out of the people that you want to support? You know, it, 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 it sickens me. Um, I understand that, uh, you know, I, I, I've only ever wanted to put out uh, a positive message, you know, of people doing their art and, 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 and sharing it with the world. All I've ever wanted to do was just share positivity. But, you know, I just felt like with this episode of this podcast, I just kind of had to speak about you know, the negative aspects of, of what I see with the music industry. And it's very prevalent. Personally, I say that the music industry should, oh man, that record label should just practically be abolished. Everyone should just cut their ties with their record labels, cut their losses, and just release stuff. And find ways through social media, through YouTube, through Vimeo, through whatever that they can to get their stuff out there, you know, and don't even bother touring at this point, do gigs, you know, go to your local venue and and, and do gigs, but it's like, you know, why are you paying insurance if you're even paying insurance for your van, playing for the door, and you may have one guy that pays $10, to see you. So what did your band make for the night? $10. There's five guys in your band, $2 each. That's great. But guess what? You each owe a cut of it to your tour manager or to your roadies. So what do you get? A point? (laughs) It sickens me because it's like, I really want to see musicians out there, you know, giving it their all, giving it their best, not settling for, 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 for mediocrity. And unfortunately, I I feel like, you know, mainstream media, mainstream radio, television, MTV, if they even fucking show videos anymore, I feel like all they ever do is they they, they push mediocrity. It's okay to be mediocre. Well, it isn't. It isn't. And shame on you for thinking that way. You know, even if I were to release a demo of a song on SoundCloud... At least it would be a song that I was proud of. You know, I've got a couple of demos on SoundCloud. Sorry, it's a hot day and I'm just drinking a Sprite right now. Anyways, um, I have a couple of demos on SoundCloud and they're ones that I was not ashamed to put on there because I think they sound good and I think they're, they're, they're good songs, you know? And I didn't have to worry about, oh, what's my hook going to be? If it's good, if I like it, I'll put it out there. You know, if it catches fire with somebody, great. Hey, thank you. You know, I'm not asking anybody to give me money through a Patreon. I'm just, I'm just putting shit out there. You know, because I write songs. That's what I do. I put it out there. I go out and I play gigs. I promote the gigs. I put it out there. That's what I do. You know, and I'm fortunate enough that with hard drive, I do... I never play for free because, you know, we're out there playing for three hours. We're playing songs that 
people want to hear, people sing along to, people dance with, you know, and again, I don't think that just because you're playing in a cover band, it doesn't devalue who you are as a musician, because you need to know how to play your fucking instrument before you go on stage, granted, there are a couple of people out there that I wish I could dox, but I'm not going to do that, because, like I said, I'm trying to speak to all musicians, I want all musicians out there to go out there and put their best forward and not settle for mediocrity because you never know who you're gonna, who's going to listen to you. You may have a producer who says, hey, you know, I want to record you. I need someone to play the way you do for this track that I'm producing. Will you come and do it? Yeah, sure. Hey, great. Maybe you made 50 bucks just for one sit-in sessions. And guess what? It could trickle down where that producer will recommend you to another producer who then recommend you to another producer just put good stuff out there that's all i'm saying and that's all i've ever been saying but you know as far as the fact that our society has accepted mediocrity and they're willing to call that art they're willing to call these people artists not artists artists two syllables you know, it's it's sickening to me. You know, you got guys out there who work full-time jobs, who are proud to be weekend warriors because they're out there doing what they love. And God bless you guys for doing that. Because we all know it's really hard to make a full-time living in the music industry. It's not the way that it was. It's not. You know, digital streaming, downloading, it's made it very difficult for artists to make any money on those kinds of dig- on, on, on digital sales because they're making pennies on the dollar. Hell, they may even be making pennies on $10. You know, not everyone's in a, in a place of luxury like Metallica who earned it. They can, they can release music on their own, on their own label. And, you know, no matter how many people buy it, they're not suffering for it because guess what? They pocket all of it. But they've earned that right. Those guys worked and toured like workhorses to be able to go to their record label saying, we want our library. Metallica, Molly Crew, and Ray Charles are the only guys that I know who were smart enough to buy their library of music from their record labels and they could do whatever the hell that they want with it. I don't even know if Iron Maiden has that luxury. I doubt Judas Priest does. Because their first two albums, uh, Rockarola and uh, Sad Wings of Destiny, I don't think any of them have ever made a dime off those records because of the shitty deals. Hell, Van Halen's producer, Ted Templeman, on their first uh, six albums, he makes more money off Van Halen 1 and Van Halen 2 than any Van Halen. And he wrote the fucking songs. <sighs> point I'm trying to make is that there are a lot of good musicians out there that should put their stuff forward, but they don't because I feel like they're either afraid of rejection or they're afraid of risking it or being ridiculed. And all I got to say is, you know what? I bet you money. That half you guys out there that are afraid to put your content out there, you're probably better than what we're hearing on the radio every hour. 
So fuck what people say. Just put it out there. If you're proud enough of what you did, put it out there. You got Facebook, you got Instagram, you got SoundCloud, you got YouTube, you got any any means to put your uh, to put your stuff out there. Just do it. Just make sure you copyright your stuff before you do it so that nobody steals it from you. All right, go go to copyright.gov and um, you know, go forward and 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 you know, copyright your volume of music. This way, you're the sole owner of what you do. And you know, uh, I I think that I I really just wanted to release my thoughts on what I thought about uh, what I mean. I mean, re- reading Steve Lukather's uh, quote really got to me because he's right. Back in the day when he was um, when when he started in this industry as a recording artist in the band, you had to have talent for a record label to even want to sign you. Now it's like, can we make money off it? Duh. And they'll sign anybody. But even if you're good, if you're playing something that they don't think will sell records, you won't get hurt. So that's why I tell people, fuck the system. Just put it out there on your own. Make it so that you capitalize off your content on iTunes. Not some jackass in a suit and tie working in a record label who's completely clueless about the music industry. One guy, one guy in Nashville told my wife that none of her songs paint pictures. Meanwhile, we just did an open mic in uh, at uh, Village Pub in Lindenhurst, and the owner of the venue said, I want to hire you as an opening act one day because she liked what she heard. So fuck this guy in Nashville, and fuck Curb Records too. You know? <sighs> can't believe I just said that, but you know what though? I, I, like I said, the gloves are off on this episode. You know, you tell a girl who's, I, I'm, I'm not, just because she's my wife is irrelevant. I would say this if she were my friend or even if I hated the girl, but she had good music. You know, for you to tell a girl, anybody, that their songs are shit, to throw them out and write completely new ones, meanwhile, everyone who's heard her stuff said that she has you know, the voice of an angel and, you know, probably like some of the best melodic content written since the days of like James Taylor or or Carole King. And for some asshole in a fucking suit and tie in Nashville to say that, hey, buddy, I only wish I remember your name so I could tell you in person or over this podcast, go fuck yourself. All right. I'm sure your record label's doing great because I ain't heard jack shit about Curb Records in the past 10 years. So, you know, cream rises to the top, right? Not to beat an old cliche to death, but it's true. Talent goes a long way. Let your talent... Be seen by the world. Do what you have to do so that you could own whatever it is that you do. Just do yourself a favor and, you know, when you release it, whether you you record it on something like GarageBand 
or Pro Tools or whatever, just make sure that it's 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 something that you'd be proud of. Okay? And don't worry about what's popular today because chances are nobody will give two shits about it, you know, in, in a month from now. Unless you're the Baby Shark song that everyone seems to love that song, then I'm wrong. But anyways, you get the point. All right. So that's my podcast for the day. And uh, yeah, this has to get an expletive <laughs> notice on it. Um, again, I just wanted to... Uh, you know, release uh, something out there. By the way, that song that you heard at the beginning was a mashup of uh, Jackson 5's Dancing Machine and Van Halen's Mean Street. Two innovators right there. Michael Jackson and Eddie Van Halen. And people still know who they are today. Let people know who you still... uh, Let people know who you are today and be good at what you do so that this way they can still know who you are. 40 years after you came out. All right. So thanks for tuning in. Big shout out to all my fellow podcasters out there. Ralph and Ian, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Uh, Chris and Aaron, Decibel Geek. Uh, Jay Cat Morris and Yakuza Kick Radio. Uh, Shaheen and Boxman at um, at the Hot Tech Podcast. Also, uh, check out my new two uh, favorite celebrity podcasters, David Lee Roth and... Um, Uh, Tommy Dreamer, House of Hardcore. Roth Show and House of Hardcore. Check those out. All right, everyone. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Music Aside podcast brought to you by Anchor.fm and Ratsaw Review. Check out the other shows on Ratsaw Review, including Beyond Bushido, Old Man Metals Musings, The Right Opinion, The Vieira Vault, the Timo Toki Podcast, the BS Sessions with Mark and Jerry, Just the Cheese Please, and the Friday Night Party with the great Harry Barnett and Evie. Graphics by Rocky Baia. For commissions, find them on Twitter at R-O-C-K-Y-B-A-I-A. Intro and outro music for the show is Lose Control by The Rebel Medium, written by Jacqueline Guitard, Ernest Leyuk, and Lou Mavs. If you'd like to donate to the channel, please donate to our PayPal at musicasidepodcast at gmail.com. If you're in a band and you want us to review your music, then contact us at Maps at musicaslivepodcast.com. Special thanks to Wayne Noon and Greg Noggle. With much love and gratitude to Aaron, Anna, and Aloysius. For more information, check out www.musicaslivepodcast.com. And don't forget to check out www.ratsireview.com. Remember, all art is valid. Thanks for listening. Cheers.